This is Shannon Ray Davis, and you are listening to Omega Man Radio. Welcome to my world, the world of the Omega Man. Join us here for the nightly marathon, broadcasting Monday through Friday. You can find us here on YouTube, and we encourage you to report for duty. Get trained up. World of the Saints is coming. You want to be an overcomer and endure till the end. We will teach you how. We cast out devils. We command healing to the sick in Jesus' name. And we preach the full gospel of Jesus Christ to win souls for Jesus. I want to encourage you right now to subscribe right here on YouTube to this channel. Smash the like button and share a link to our live chat room to everyone you know right there on Facebook. Get them to come on out and tune in and join in the fight against the host of hell. If you'd like to support this work financially, we have a PayPal button on our website. We have GoFundMe, Zelly, even Take Bitcoin. And we thank you in advance for partnering with us. Our website is OmegaManRadio.com. One more thing before we start tonight's show. To the demons tuning in. We're coming for you, demon. No demon is safe. How you doing? Fantastic, brother. Folks, welcome back. We're going to kick off today's marathon. We're excited to be here with Evangelist Robert and Svetlana Avila coming to you from their home base in Sweden. And welcome wherever you're tuning in from. Today, of course, is... Uh, what is today, Robert? Today, Wednesday? It is. <laughs> okay. I got lost in time for a minute. Today is uh, <laughs> Wednesday, February 14th, 2024. Sisters Vietnada, how are you doing? Hello, hello. I'm fine. Thank you. I'm glad to be with you guys. Friends, it's going to be a great program today. We're just getting started, and so please invite a friend to tune in. Uh, Sisters Vietnada, would you like to do the honor and open us in prayer? Yes, of course. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Jesus, um, that we are blessed that we have you, that we you are with us, Lord, that your love is heal us, restore us, direct us. Father, I pray that you will bless the show, that you will fill us with your Holy Spirit, that you will bless all of us who is listening and reveal about your love. We thank you, Lord, in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Welcome back, guys. How y'all been since last time? Great. We're having a extended winter. I said it's like yeah. it's like the fifteenth winter in a row. Like it's so much snow, Shannon. It's like few meters. <laughs> it was snowing yesterday, all day, and day before. It's like too much snow. Too Should much. I? When y'all talk about the winter in Sweden, I get pictures of you looking out the window and you see a Viking running across with an axe <laughs> and a longboat no. in the distance. Wow! Oh yeah, yeah. No, but we get 
<clears throat> foxes and deer and yeah. this little small version of of moose that they have here. Yeah, you, I, I see that when I ride on the train all the time. Yesterday I saw seven moose and uh, wow. I saw twice fox in front of our window. Yes. Send me some pictures because I've never been to Europe except through the Amsterdam airport, so that really doesn't count. Um, <laughs> oh, really? Yeah. Oh, wow. We should. Uh, you know, got yeah, some that city is paved and bricked over from from shore to border. Wow. Mm-hmm. Well, welcome yeah. back. And um, wherever you're tuning in from out there, we're glad to have you. Uh, Robert and Svetlana, you got all the time you want today. The microphone is yours. Welcome. Okay, brother. We're, today we're going to talk about the, the power of love, not just the concept, the traditional concept of love, but we're going to talk about love as a force, love as a power, love as something that can inspire men and women to perform great feats, to make great sacrifices, and as a force that stops the enemy cold in his tracks, as the most powerful force known to all humanity, known in the spiritual kingdom. Love is a force that can destroy fear, destroy wickedness, and it can preserve your peace in a storm. So we're going to give you reasons that you should put your trust in God and uh, seek to walk in the love of God. So here's the first scripture we want to share here. Yeah, it's in John 3.16, and I will read to you, my friends. It says, For God so loved the world, He gave his only begotten son, so that whosoever believe in him shall not perish, but have everlasting life. So God was motivated to give up his most precious thing, uh, his only begotten son. So uh, what would make him do that? Love, love for his creation, love for you, love for me, love for our neighbors, love for the brethren. For the bride of Christ, right? This is what he's done. And the Holy Spirit's reminded me now of this story I once heard. There was a man, uh, he moved from Russia to the United States, and he had a little son. And th- his first few days, someone took him to the mall to get some new clothes. And as he was walking with his son through the mall, his son got separated from him. And he couldn't find him anywhere. And he ran through the mall and he couldn't talk to anyone. Nobody spoke his language. And he's desperate, couldn't find his son. And he was, he was telling the testimony uh, years later. And he was saying, I was standing there, he said, just racked with fear and, uh, or, or depression. You know, uh, just the, most, the worst of sentiments. You know, he's lost his son. He's in this foreign country. No one can help him. <laughs> and he said, in that moment, God spoke to him. He said, now you understand how I felt. So when God gave up Jesus, it was extremely difficult. It was, there was, God experienced turmoil, but he did it anyway. Why? Because of love. And so love is this power that can move someone to, to do something. Yeah. So <clears throat> here's the next verse. First John 4, 18. First, yeah. There is no fear in love, but perfect love casts out fear. For fear has thoughts of torment, and whoever fear is not made perfect in love. So there's this concept that fear is anathema to love. Mm-hmm. That fear is not only not included in love, but that it's against it. Now, the easy example is 
some woman, she sees this man, she wants to love him, but she can't. Maybe it's her husband, maybe it's someone she's interested in, maybe it's God's choice for them to be married. But it's not happening because one or both of them are walking in this fear. Well, what if, you know, all the what ifs, what if? What if he won't love me? What if I put myself out there and I get rejected? What if people will talk about it in the church? What if someone will see that and say something? What if, you know, so there's this fear. So fear kind of blocks love. But fear, my friends, is not of God. When the angels, when the supernatural arrives, there's an experience of of fear. But the angels always say, fear not. Do not be afraid, right? Because you don't need to fear. Uh, when God was teaching me about sin, he he showed me all the sins in my life. They said, this is because, you know, when when uh, at a time, one time you didn't have food. And so you're always afraid that if, if you leave the house, you'll be hungry. So you always eat something before you leave. He said, this is fear, which is a lack of faith, which is a sin. And so he, he explained all these things in my life. And they always broke down to Fear, which is a lack of faith, which is a sin. And they, they always broke down like that. So fear is not really a, a part of God. When we're walking in in unity with God and his love flows into us and through us, it's a force. And it creates around us an environment conducive to greater love and for people to love us back. And it prevents the enemy from bringing in the haters if you're walking in love, well, I'm, well, I'm going to get to that in a moment, right? So, so this is a reason that when, when a thought of fear comes into your mind, you want to push that out, right? Resist the devil, obey God, and the devil will flee from you, right? There's this mm-hmm. kind of, there's this two, two-part process. One, I'm welcoming in God. Two, I'm pushing out the enemy. And God's greatest form, of course, is love for us. And when I experience that fear, that's part of the devil. So part of resisting the devil is kicking out this fear. What I'm, what I'm hoping is, what the Holy Spirit and I are hoping, uh, is that you will start to look at different aspects of your life and say, with my investing, how am I walking in love or in fear? In my friendships, how am I walking with God and love or with fear and the devil? In my relationship, how am I walking with God and love or with fear and the devil? And you you have to start looking at the different parts of your life and cleaning it up and draw near to God and resist fear and the devil and watch how your life transforms into that great, wonderful life of peace, joy, love, and victories, despite challenges, that God has planned for our lives. All right? Yeah. And, and we, you know, we, we are saved, and we receive that God's love. We are filled with the Holy Spirit, and we have His nature, His love, right? And... Um, when we go to this world, people can see that love, and it's a, and they become attracted to what we have because it so many times happened to me when I go to the store. Like before Christmas, one man came to me. He said he looked at me and looked at me, and he said, "What? Well, where you come from?" And I said, "You're from Ukraine." And then he said. I feel like he said some kind of energy around you and joy. And I said, it's a Jesus. 
who filled me with his love and his presence. This is energy I have. And he was, um, uh, was thinking, I will tell him that I believe in New Age or kind of different kind of love, you know, because this guy was from India and, and I think he believed in Buddha and other stuff. But my point is the people can see the love of God and they like, what? I want to have what you have. What is this? Tell me about this, you know, about love you have from Jesus. Mm -hmm. So I'm going to share two testimonies. and We're going to be getting into how love really is a power, not just a concept like, oh, I love my husband. I love my wife. I love my children. Uh, Those are all, of course, magnificent things. But we're going to be talking about love as a force that the enemy fears. Okay. Mm -hmm. So... There was a woman, um, we were going to meet her the next day, and the Holy Spirit sent me a dream about her. And it, She had recently been married, and the dream showed that this man had shared with her his greatest fears. And the dream explained that because he was willing to do this, this man truly loved her. And then the dream showed that she had not shared with him her greatest fears. And so she had not allowed love to manifest, right? Mm-hmm. And that this this was an issue in their relationship. And uh, that was really interesting. It was interesting to watch how, how that played out a little bit. Okay, so this is something that God is showing, that fear doesn't have a place in love. Why? Well, why wouldn't you share your greatest fears Ooh, uh, what if the person thinks less of me, right? See, the devil's always planting these thoughts. And it's so funny how many times in your life, I can think of, uh, there are like dozens trying to like come to memory right now, where there was something so easily to be done. But for all this, oh, I can't do it, I can't do it, I can't do it. I mean, I, some preacher was talking about how, the, or some person was sharing uh, this year how, or last year how she had waited like 12 years to do something. And when she finally did it, it took 20 seconds. Right. Just out of fear. Right. So Mm -hmm. fear holding back your life, holding back your potential, holding back your joy. Right. Resisting Mm -hmm. it. Just fear. So but don't don't be afraid. Trust your spouse. Trust God. You know, everything, of course, has timing. You know, pray that God will strengthen your relationship and help it to persevere any bad news that maybe you have or something. But don't be afraid to show your fears. Hey, I'm, you know, people are afraid of all kinds of things, but you need to get through that fear. And part of working through that is to share it with the people you love and to not allow it to hinder or come between your love in any way. Now, parents, so I, I knew this family. I met this family in California. A successful man and his wife was a stay-at-home mom, and they had four children, all of them, uh, you know, with Ten fingers and ten toes, uh, no physical problems, but all of them had major issues, <clears throat> and it's be- and it was easy to understand why. When these four children were young, their parents were afraid. They were afraid something bad would happen to them if they let them play sports or participate in uh, after-school uh, clubs or go to school parties with their friends, or anything. So they were never allowed to do anything. They went to school, they came straight home, and did their homework. And that was it. So when the oldest daughter left home, she'd never been exposed to making her own decisions. And she ended up living with this man for many, many years. 
and then he dumped her and she fell and then fear entered her life she just couldn't have a good relationship after that so she instead took control uh became a powerful businesswoman and just used men like uh fashionable shoes right she that and that was how she that was how she lived uh the next two both were so stressed about dealing with things that happened to them that um, they had medical problems and were on medication. And the other one got into witchcraft, um, uh, all kinds of sexual perversion, were all black, right? And this is how, this is how they lived, right? The consequence of fear instead mm-hmm. of love. Yeah. Now, they probably <laughs> had some measure of love for their children. This is expected. This is normal. This is natural. But they didn't have perfect love right love is not perfected where there is fear where there are thoughts of torment as in first john four eighteen, we read earlier right so there's this fear is the opposite of love and it produces opposite outcomes so when we walk in love this is the flow that we want to be in it's like there's this and just as an analogy, there's this river of love that flows out from God's throne and it fills the believer and flows out of them like a fountain of living water mm-hmm. and it blesses all the people around them. And now yeah. all the people around you, because of this free flowing, uninhibited, nothing to do with fear in any measure or capacity is flowing out of you, filling up the people mm-hmm. around you filling up you as it comes out of you and the people all around you are filled with love and they're loving back to you and love is flowing freely between you and the people in your life all right there's this beautiful very much possible reality available to all of us the enemy is constantly working against that but when he comes and he encounters that love it is a force so listen to this verse here first corinthians uh, thirteen, thirteen, and now abides faith, hope, charity. These three, and the greatest of these is charity. Now, this word charity here is uh, actually uh, Greek twenty six. So that, that low number lets you know it, it appears real fast in the Bible, and it isn't translated uh, by the King James translators eighty six times as love, and twenty eight times as charity. So this helps us understand a little bit more what this word means. So our modern definition of love maybe doesn't encapsulate, doesn't capture the full depth of the meaning that God meant to communicate to us when he wrote it. So sometimes it's given as charity. So let's look at the definition uh, that what does charity mean? So it gives insight into the deeper connotations of the word, and it means uh, affection, goodwill, love, benevolence, and brotherly love. So charity can be any of these things, right? If I love my brother as myself, right? He has a need. I view it as my own need. I work to help him get his need resolved, okay? Benevolence, the quality of being well-meaning, of kindness. So when you go out into the world, if you're a person who's walking in love, you're maybe even uh, hoping for an opportunity just to do a kindness, or maybe God prepared you the night before with a dream. You're going to see this tomorrow, and this is what's going to happen, and this is what you ought to do, and this will be the result of it. I've had this happen to me before, and you go out, and you see the person, and you do the kind act that he showed you. Uh, uh, Recently here, um, I had a dream, and I saw there was a black man, and he was in trouble. He was upset for some reason, and he had dropped something, and I went and got a replacement, and I brought it to him, 
And the Holy Spirit showed me that because I did that, later on in my life, I was going to have a need and someone was going to bring me the thing that I needed. Mm -hmm. And it was a do unto others as you'd have done unto you. So I was going to do it unto this person and it would be done back unto me. So the next day I was walking to the grocery store and there was a woman, she's from Africa, uh, in our church and she was leaving and she had two small children and the boy was walking and she had a baby carriage and, a, and groceries in one hand and the boy was crying because he had dropped his ice cream. Mm. <laughs> and I said, don't worry, I have some ice creams at my house. I went home, I raced home, I, I, was, on my, I was on a bike. So I rode home and I got two of these little ice creams that I had mm-hmm. and I came and I gave them to the little boy and he was, he was still he crying was so by the time okay. I got back to them. Yeah. <laughs> he was so upset about this ice cream got dirty. But that was what it like. God was showing me, like, you need to do this. And that little act of kindness, who knows? God knows what it will do for that boy. But that I love my neighbor as myself. That, that, you know, no, it was so easy and, and even enjoyable for me to do because this is what happens when you're walking with God. Yeah. Everything you do is enjoyable. I wasn't miffed, oh, now I have to give up my time, but God wants me to do it. No, no, no. It was definitely a joyful giver kind of an act. But it was motivated by the Holy Spirit, and he had exactly instructed me. And I knew also, hey, at some point, because I've done this, God is going to be justified to bless me to receive Mm -hmm. something else at some future point. I don't know when. Yeah, like one act of kindness can change a life. Yeah, basically. And it's what you did, right? I want to read um, one more scripture. It's 1 Corinthians 13, uh, 4 and 7. It's about love. What love is? Love is patient. Love is kind. It does not envy. It does not boost. It is not proud. It is not dishonor others. It is not self-seeking. It is not easily angered. It keeps no records of wrongs. Love does not delight in evil, but rejoice with the true. Amen. Amen. Yeah. yeah. So one act of kindness can change a life, my husband said. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Because when we, you know, we help other people uh, practically, they can see this love that we not just preach them the gospel, but we give them food or fulfill their needs, you know, this mm-hmm. act of love. Yes, and these. Now that you're saying that, it, it it reminds us that when people appear before God on Judgment mm-hmm. Day, those are the kinds of things that Jesus lists to the second group, the ones who are yeah. admitted. The first group show up. Oh, we did great works for the kingdom of God. We were casting out devils in your name. We were doing uh, acts of kind in your name. And Jesus said, "But I never knew you." And then the others came and said, "We didn't do any of those mighty things." But what they did do was love their neighbor and do small acts of kindness. Visit the, uh, clothe someone when they were naked, feed someone yeah. when they mm-hmm. were hungry, all these kinds of things. So it's this kind of a walking again in the love of God. And mm-hmm. in the scripture you just read, uh, it says, you know, not so easily angered. And this is something yeah. I was touching on earlier, that it's like a force. Like the anger comes, the person comes and offers you the anger. You know, it used to be when I was a young man in college and someone wanted to come and debate some issue, no matter what the other issue was, I took it up and defended it. And there were times I walk away from some hot debate and I think, I really actually didn't even care about that issue. Like, why did I waste my breath arguing it? 
And I learned to say, and this is one of those things when you start walking in peace, hmm. someone can, I, and this is the action, and this statement that someone gave me is so perfect because it actually captures the truth perfectly. And you just say like, listen, I understand that you would like to have this debate and you want someone to take up the opposing position, but I don't hold that position and I don't care to defend it. Mm-hmm. So I recognize you're offering me an opportunity to debate you, but I respectfully decide to decline, right? And it's like this with all kinds of things. Someone comes, they want someone to be angry with. It could be you, it could be the next guy. They really aren't that particular about it, but you just decline. Why? Because you have this peace of God. You don't want to debate with them. You don't want to help them continue in their misery and, and anger and malcontentedness. What you want instead is for them to have a great day. But I hope you will have a great day and enjoy the rest of this beautiful sunny weather, right? And, and just go about your business, okay? So love is not easily angered, and it's not easily drawn into anger either, okay? Um, love, First uh, Corinthians thirteen seven. love bears all things, believes all things, mm-hmm. hopes all things, endures all things. People can be angry at you. They can do other anger. But the Bible says, it's probably in Proverbs, um, when you respond with a soft answer, it calms the other person. You know, there's so many things that make me believe the Bible, that make me believe that God exists. Of course, personal relationship, chief amongst those. The fact that when I heard uh, the someone tell me about salvation, I recognized inside my person that this was some critically important thing and I wanted it, you know, that that this can happen. That's a sign that shows you that the kingdom of God is real. But also the fact that um, we are able to endure so much and see that God is with us. This also confirms to me that God is there. And I know that, you know, the scripture says, hey, if you speak to them, if you reply in a peaceful voice, it will calm them down. And I've seen that happen. You know, um, when I was working as an engineering technician in Athens, Georgia, I, part of my job was to go out and meet homeowners who had complaints. And somebody complained, ah, you guys repaved the road, now my yard's flooding, this and that. And they're yelling, 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 yelling. And I'm just obeying the Bible because I knew, like, you know, I don't have to know too much, but I do know that when I do what the Bible says, things go very well. So I just listen to the person yell, and I say, so I understand your problem is that you're saying that the water's coming here, and can you show me exactly where you think the water comes? And I just speak to them as a friend. Like, we've been friends for 15 years, and I really want to help him. I speak to him in this voice, and instantly their their voices change when they speak the next words. Their Their demeanor, their posturing towards me changed. And, you know, there was one guy who was so angry, nobody wanted to see him. And they laughed. They said, Robert, it's your turn. He wrote a letter. You got to go meet him. There was a woman. They said, Robert, this woman complains about everything. You got to go meet her. And when I came back, the, both those people wrote letters to the city saying how much they appreciated my time. <laughs> right? And all I did was trust in the word of God. All right? So this is love. And it, it protects us against the, ang- against the angry people of the world. Yeah. They don't drag us down. Instead, we show them that peace, that love of God. And often, not always, unfortunately, often they meet that behavior. They meet that attitude, that emotional level, that respect, that kindness. They appreciate it and they respond. 
All right. Uh, John fifteen thirteen. Greater love has no man than this, that a man lay down his life for his friends. So this is uh, talking about Jesus. We, we well know that this definitely applies to Jesus. But it's a greater truth. It's a greater truth. And it applies to all people. Um, there, was a mil- there was a war movie some years ago. And at the end of the film, someone asked this uh, Delta Force guy, well, why do you do this difficult job? He said, you know, people want to say that it's about patriotism and other things. He said, but what it really is, is love for the man standing next to you. And I knew people in the military and they said, yeah, you know, that's so true. You know, one of the great things about being in the military is the love you can have for your fellow man. And, you know, this brotherly love that uh, Greek 26 is talking about in Strong's. And everybody wants that. The young men especially, they, maybe they're trying to find the wrong kind of a thing in the wrong kind of a way, but what every young man wants is a great love. You know, yeah. he's heard the great love stories. He's seen them, you know, mm-hmm. uh, in books, he's, in films. He's heard uh, testimonies. Maybe he's seen it in, in his grandparents somewhere. But he, he wants that great love. Young women, same thing. They want that great love. Yeah. But what they really want is the love that flows from the, the throne of God. God and you've got to go and find that love first. Mm-hmm. And then you will be, let's say, fit. Then you will be fit to go and find another person also walking in that love of God. And that great love will flow between you. And that, my friends, is great love. Yeah. You need to follow God in all things, right? right. So, why does, the, in, the, in the military, when I was in the Marines, if you met some guy, maybe he's your roommate or something, he's another guy in your unit, and the two of you become great friends, and you really love this guy, the, the great Marine Corps compliment was, I'd share a fighting hole with you anytime. And what it means is, I would, you know, fight to the death, the enemy, with you knowing that you might give your life for me and that I might give my life for you. And it's this great compliment, you know, that you maybe give a few times in your Marine Corps term and you receive a few times. And it, they don't say, oh, I love you, man. <laughs> right? it's, it's not like that. It's, sometimes the military can be a little too, uh, too manly, right? Stereotypically manly. But they had a way of expressing this. And it was a true love that existed and this is a great love. And, and as a man, you, as a Marine, you can, you can feel that. You know exactly what that means. And yeah. it's something that all men want. And men mm-hmm. like to have, and this is why men can't just have a chat and bond with other men. We got to go and do something. You know, you got to be with that man, work as one, Every, each person carrying his own weight. And when you meet a guy who does that, then you're like, oh, this guy is my bro. You know, this guy worked with me to his fair share of the work. I, I, I don't know why it works that way, but there's a mutuality, some respect, right? That you give as much as you get and we work together, right? There's a unity. Yeah. Colossians 3.14. And above all things... Put on charity. Again, this is that word that means love most of the time. Put on charity, which is the bond of perfectness. So again, they're talking about an individual person. Like, how do you achieve this perfection? You put on charity. So now they're using the word charity. So he's kind of emphasizing, or at least the the translators wanted to emphasize, that there's this quality of 
how do I treat other people, right? These terms, well-meaning, kind, they Mm -hmm. come into play here, right? So if you want to uh, have this bond of perfection, then put on, carry it. It's like what people see when they look at you, like I put on a jacket. Instead of seeing my jacket, they're seeing my character. Mm -hmm. My character, which is one where when I go out and I interact with someone, I'm hoping that that person leaves this interaction better off than when they came in. Maybe physically, maybe as far as job performance or just getting a, a hot meal or something, but more so better as a person, that I've planted a seed, that that person wants to know Christ more intimately, that that person wants to look at which areas of their life maybe they haven't considered putting in submission to God. Well, well, yeah, you know, I've heard people say, well, there's there's a common misunderstanding, and I think it's more like a, almost a spiritual plague, where people will say, yeah, faith is for church, but um, when I'm going to make a decision in my job, then I, you know, I'm going to trust the statistics or the financial statements. You know, this is, um, uh, I'm forgetting the name, but there was the person who had this vision of the four horsemen of the apocalypse, and uh, he was an investor. Shannon, maybe you remember his name, but that's what happened to him. You know, they had given him this job. They said, we want to know how it's going to go in the next 50 years. And he had this vision. He prayed about it. And God showed him this vision of the four horsemen. And he came in and he said, we should just sell everything. Oh. He does, this stuff doesn't matter. Benjamin Brook. That's it. Exactly. Benjamin Brook. Yeah. He has so, so many great testimonies, uh, mostly around him having that vision and then preaching the vision, all the things God would do to underscore that this message was from God. Yeah, there was a time that Benjamin Baruch went and he was preaching his message in a church. And just by the Holy Spirit, he pointed at this man. He said, it's going to be just like the tattoo that you have on your arm. And the guy freaked out because he had a tattoo of the four horsemen on his arm. He actually left and he came back later. And Benjamin Baruch asked him, well, why did you react in that way? And he showed him the tattoo. It was literally a tattoo of the four horsemen of the apocalypse. So, like, that's something that God does, you know, just to, like, be like, boom, you know, this guy is hearing from God. He knows things that are unseen that you can't know without the finger of God in your life, right? So, um, put on charity. And the first thing, again, put God first in all things and all other things will be added to you. And we know that God is love and a man who does not know God cannot know love. Right, so you have to seek out and desire God, and this love will start to naturally become a greater part of you. Um, uh, John Brevere has this great teaching about he was trying to understand this scripture that says, "If you love me, you'll obey my commands." So John Brevere thought, "Okay," so he went out and he wrote down, you know, as I've done in the past, these are all the things Jesus said to do. Uh, so I should try to do these to show Jesus that I love him. Like, you know, hey, it's uh, Jesus' special day, so I'm going to bring him, you know, flowers and chocolates and a song, that I, a poem that I wrote, right? Uh, but no, <laughs> that's not what it meant. So after some time, the Holy Spirit revealed to John Revere that what he meant was that if you love God, naturally, freely flowing out of your heart, you will do the things that God and Jesus want which are to put God first and to love your neighbor as yourself, as Jesus kind of reduced it and summarized it. He said everything else, all the other commandments, really are some form of these two things, right? So 
this is what we do. We seek God, we put God first, and we find that this love is now flowing in our life. And what I want you to understand today, this is not a sermon you've heard before about love is kind and love is not, and we don't keep score. And this is a, It's not that simple. That message is powerful and every believer should know it. But that's not exactly what I'm preaching today. What I'm preaching today is that love is actually a kind of a force. So uh, Svetlana talked about, wait, did you talk about when you were uh, helping Jews to make Aliyah to Israel? Oh, no. Yeah, tell that story now. Yeah. Um, When I was missionary and helping Jewish people move to Israel, and, uh, you know, uh, people could see us, Jesus, God, because we were not preaching them, and we were just doing practical stuff, like helping them practically, uh, by ship to move to Israel. Um, And the Jews on the boat, when we were already um, some days on the boat on the Black Sea, they came to us and they said, you are different people. What, What is different about you? And then I could tell them, about Jesus, that uh, it Jesus, we are saved, we are Christians, and, you know, so my point is, they could see that love of Christ in us, you know, they were asking, you are different, and they, because um, we, you know, couldn't preach to them openly, because we were working with Israel, we couldn't hit them with the Bible on their head and say, hey, you need to receive <laughs> Jesus, no, we were doing practically helping them to move to Israel, carry their bags, and then by that action, we show love of Christ, you know, exactly. yeah, and um And I want to say that God loves us so much that he gave his son. And Jesus said, I will never leave you or forsake you. People can leave us, cheat on us, lie to us. But Jesus said, I love you, my daughter. I love you, my son. I want you to know my heart of love, you know. And when you know that love, you know somebody love you that deep, then you have that peace, you have that trust. Because God is not like people, you know. People, we make mistakes and, you know, all kind of stuff. But love, but God have this amazing love for us, yeah. So what she's saying is that because that this love was flowing through them, yeah. it created an environment. environment. And I'm telling you that what when I was writing this message, Holy Spirit is showing me that this is actually a force. Like yeah. you can look at it in the same category, although science wouldn't like it. <laughs> Modern science, contemporary science wouldn't like it. It's actually a force the same as gravity effects or some other physical effects that you could maybe possibly quantify, right? Where there's a certain amount of love, there's a certain amount of influence. Where there's great love, there's great influence. And it created this environment where people were drawn to her, right? It's some kind of magnetic capacity, something similar to this, that it draws people to you. Earlier, the the Indian man 
what is it about you, right? Yeah. It's Jesus that you want. What you yeah. see is this thing called the light of God. And how you get that? You spend more time with the Lord, with the Holy Spirit, in the prayer, in worshiping, you know, study the Bible. And when you pray and worship, you know, you feel with his power, with his presence. And Bible says nothing can separate us from the love of God. So, yeah, you need to ask God that I want more, more, Lord, of your love, more of your presence. And then when you are filled with him, you go to this world and you can reach people, you know, with. Yeah. Yeah. Absolutely. Yes. And the Bible says and all other, you know, put God first and all mm-hmm. other things will be added unto you. And for, for a believer, one of the greatest things you want added unto you is an effective evangelistic ministry. Like you want to yeah. impact the world. Right. So. But this just this the mere act of loving kindness that Christians were donating money and going out into the world to work to mm. find these Jews in Russia and other places in Belarus and Ukraine and give them free passage on a ship to Israel. Yeah. You know, they couldn't believe it. But of mm. course they, they by agreement with Israel they weren't allowed to to uh, evangelize to them or preach Jesus. But if if they asked, then it was permitted. So the love, the that kindness, it created an atmosphere that made people want to know what is this? Why are you yeah. like this? It's the presence of the indwelling of the Holy Spirit of God. It's the presence of God on me. The thing you see that you like, that my friend is the presence of God. Mm-hmm. Right? So uh and it's available to any person who wants it. You can ask God to come in, the Holy Spirit to come in and indwell in each of us. If you've never done that, you can do it right now. And if your heart is telling the truth, if it's really what you want, you come like unfettered before God, yeah. uh, he will absolutely receive you. And when we were uh, leaving, uh, yeah, eight days after mm-hmm. the Russians uh, invaded and had lists of um, Christian leaders that they wanted to kill first, mm-hmm. you know, they didn't have politicians on there. They had pastors, evangelists, and other top leading Christians who were influencing the nation. Those were the people they wanted to kill first, these Russian invaders. So make no mistake about what this war is really about. It's the war on the people of God, and it has begun. But while we were waiting in that line, now we knew... When we came to Romania. Yeah, yeah. yes. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Now we, we knew that we were going to be leaving. I prayed. I said, Lord, please make the weather as bad for the Russians as you can. Just make mm-hmm. it miserable for them. And a big snowstorm came. It, uh, winter had already ended. It rarely snows in March. But, oh boy, big snowstorm came and mm-hmm. blanketed everywhere. So now these uh, Spetsnaz, who, these paratroopers who had come in, they couldn't move around because they'd leave footprints and the Ukrainian army units hunting them would then be able to find them much more easily. So uh, the Russians were hunkered down. So when we drove out of there, praise God, we didn't encounter any Russians at all. Uh, people were sharing reports of them in the area, but none of them attacked because they were <laughs> trapped by the fact mm-hmm. of the snow. When we got to the border, there was still a big snowstorm and we were waiting. It was. It took several hours to cross there was a very long line of people and it was cold and that gave us opportunities to show the love of christ um when we were leaving the only thing i packed redundant was i packed two scarves i didn't understand why i did that but when we were standing in line there was a lebanese guy 
and he was freezing, like literally, you know, they start to shiver and shake uncontrollably. And um, I, boom, the memory of that second scarf popped in my head. I broke open my suitcase there, got snow on all my clothes. I mean, this is, it was really <laughs> coming down heavy. And I took out that scarf and I gave it to him. I'm like, here, this will help you. And he stopped shivering. He was like, wow, that did help me. And that allowed me to testify to him. Yeah. At the same time, there were two, two women. older women. One woman yeah. was about 65 and she was accompanied by her mother, who was in her 80s. Yeah. And they each had two heavy bags that they were dragging along. And after a while, I realized, I'm like, oh, you know, these ladies really could use some help. And I, th- I thought, well, uh, maybe they'll be offended if I offer. And so, but I didn't say anything. I just started moving their bags. And every time the line moved forward, I, I went and grabbed their bags. And we were away. in the line for six hours to cross the border under mm-hmm. the snowstorms. Yeah, yeah. So and we were moving all the time their bags. Yeah, and it, it got really, really yeah. cold. Yeah. And um, <clears throat> so, and I was helping these old ladies. And after a while, they just really opened up to us, started to talk to us. And this gave Svetlana a chance to start to preach to them yeah. about God. And so this a simple act of kindness created an atmosphere in which the mm-hmm. enemy's fears are destroyed. The normal fear that people have of interacting with someone else. Ooh, maybe if I, maybe I'll offend them a little bit. You know, ooh, maybe if I offer to carry their bags, they'll say, do you not see, do you think because I'm a woman I can't lift my bags? You know, but it didn't work out that way. They were cold and they were tired and, and they were thankful when, when yeah, I started moving their bags. And by the way, they said, God sent you to us, they told yeah. me. Yeah. yeah, they literally said that. Yeah. Right. Yeah. So, uh, <clears throat> so this, so love, yeah. it opens doors. It creates a different yeah. atmosphere in your life. So you want to welcome it and you don't let fear. Fear creates a different atmosphere. Sometimes, you know, when, when the devil is working against you in some area of your life, when you're in the throes of it, like this woman who said, oh, you know, whatever it was, 12 or 20 years, she didn't do something, kept putting it off. She was afraid to do it. And when she finally went and do it, it, it took 12 seconds mm-hmm. or 20 seconds, she said. And then the thing was done with, right? She had to like, I don't know what it was, but it's just a, it's a symbolic act for so many things that so many of us have. Um, I never gave forgiveness to somebody, you know, um, uh, there was a, a man who served as a pastor. We knew him in California and he shared this testimony of how he had uh, been raised up in the church under a very domineering, uh, head pastor. And so he had parted ways from this guy in not the best of terms, but he wanted to have peace with that man. So he said one day he was just He was just praying in his prayer closet. He was alone. No one else was even at home, he said. And he was on his knees praying, and he was saying, Lord, just let me have forgiveness with this guy. Let this be resolved. And God said, love him. Like, Mm -hmm. that's what the Holy Spirit told him. Love him. So he said, okay. So he opened his heart and let love pour out for this guy. He hadn't spoken to the guy in, like, over 10 years. It had been a very long time. Mm -hmm. And, uh... So he started saying, I, I love you, I love you. He was like imagining like he was speaking to this old pastor. He said, I love you, I love you. You know, let there be forgiveness and I love you. Mm-hmm. And he said he was doing that for five minutes. And the phone rang. <laughs> and it's the old pastor. Wow. 
And he calls and asks for forgiveness and wishes to resolve things and let there be peace between them. Mm-hmm. So love is like a force. It flowed out from this man. Like, like the Holy Spirit told him, love him. Love came out like a force and changed this man who hadn't spoken in more than a decade. And he calls in a few minutes after the love starts to flow. Mm-hmm. Now the Holy Spirit is really prompting me strongly to share with you this <laughs> testimony. And I'm about to blow some minds right here. The Holy Spirit showed me 9-11 a little under less than two years before it happened. It's the most intense vision I've ever experienced in my life. It took hours. I was in a back office uh, of one of my businesses that God had blessed me with in Philadelphia. I was on my knees. I was praying late in the evening. I came out of this vision sometime around 4 o'clock in the morning. Uh, It took me 20 minutes just to get feeling back into my legs. This vision was so inclusive. It showed me every one of the hijackers. An angel put me into each one of those men. I saw what their intentions were. Not one of them, not one of them thought at any time, oh, I'm doing this to serve God. None of them. They all were receiving some compensation, money to chase women, to gamble, to go to bars, to do other things. One, he just really was looking forward to being a martyr and having seven virgins to serve him in the afterlife. Right? This is what they all were like. But God showed me their faces as well. And after the vision ended, I could remember the last man. And the Holy Spirit told me after I had failed praying a few ways my own on my own, under my own uh, thoughts, the Holy Spirit said, you have to pray for him from your heart to his heart. And he said, you have to tell him, remember that we are brothers. And I started to do that. And I started to love this guy. And I started to speak to him through prayer. I would bring up his face, the memory of his face. And I would pray out of my heart to his heart, just loving him. And I would say, don't do this. Now, God also showed me the details of the airports and everything else. And I asked, I asked around, I said, have you ever heard of this airport? It has two major sets of buildings, and there's like a little raised elevated tram that goes over, and it passes over some water in between the buildings. And they said, go ask this guy. He travels a lot. And I went and asked him. He said, that's Miami International. And I said, okay, this guy's going to try to hijack a plane from Miami International. Now, of course, I didn't know that they were going to fly them into buildings. I thought they were going to hijack them and ransom people back or do something else. I didn't know. Uh, But I started praying for him to to remember. And, you know, there was no plane hijacked out of Miami International Airport. And of all the people that God showed me, the little three-man teams, the, the full number didn't fly buildings, didn't hijack planes. And I saw a small report a few years later. The CIA were still investigating, but they knew that there was supposed to have been another team of men hijack a plane out of Miami International. But for some reason, it never succeeded. And it's because, as the dream showed me, uh, the men, there there were three men. One was a leader, and two of them carried briefcases with subcomponents of a bomb that they then assembled on the plane. 
so without half the bomb, they aborted because that one guy changed his mind. Why? Because I was praying for him, but the Holy Spirit also told me, uh, yeah, the Holy Spirit wants me to share this too. He even gave me the details how to do it. He said, go to at this certain time on this corner by this church in Philadelphia and you'll meet someone and he'll pray with you. And I went there and there had this guy showed up. I hadn't seen him in a year, but I had had major prayer events with him in the past. Um, I won't share those now, but they were big, big things. In fact, he almost died once and the Holy Spirit told him to come see me and I insisted he go to the hospital. And when he got there, they told him that if he had, if he had waited one more hour, they would have had to amputate his leg. And if he'd waited uh, another day, he would have died for sure. So, uh, this guy was like, not nothing. Like there was spiritual warfare against him. And this is the guy who shows up at seven o'clock. I actually turned the corner. I thought, ah, no one's going to come. I'm giving up on this. And I turned the corner and crashed into him. <laughs> and I was like, Hey, and he recruited this other guy and the three of us prayed. And that's like a major event in the history of mankind and a small group of three people prayed that I know of. It could be that there's some other <clears throat> grandma in, in Tennessee or somewhere else that God showed. They were also praying, probably, maybe. But all I know is that I was praying against that guy and that there was supposed to be one there and it didn't happen. This is the power of prayer. But how did the Holy Spirit direct me to pray? He told me, don't hate them. Because that, that was my first reaction. These guys are going to kill innocent people. I was so furious. The Marine Corps in me came out. Those guys don't deserve anything. You know, I, was, I didn't have any good thoughts toward them. But the Holy Spirit said, love him like a brother. And that's how I prayed. And love was a powerful force. When I was a rookie Christian, the Holy Spirit blessed me with the gift of dreams when I just got saved. And I really didn't know what I was doing. And I thought, well, I'm, I knew that God had called me to write books. And I said, well, if I'm going to write a book, I, I have to do something big. Like it has to be some kind of a big deal. And um, I thought, you know, I need to do something. And one night I had a dream about a robbery. So I went there to intercede in the robbery. And in the dream, though, the guy who was running this robbery was really powerful in terms of demonic influence. And I fought this man and lost. And then I fled from there and I was angry about it. And a voice of an angel spoke to me and he said, why are you sitting here? Why are you angry? And I said, because of this, I just, why, why are you asking? I just lost this fight. And um, he said, don't you know that there is a force far greater than anything he has? And I was like, what is that? And that was the end of the dream. And it took me years to understand that he was telling me about love. Love, my friends, is a force and it defeats the enemy. I was preaching to this young, violent kid in West Philadelphia, and no one would, people were afraid of him, but I wasn't. Uh, what I saw was somebody who was caught up in anger, as I had been for many years when I was younger. And uh, I wanted that guy to know Jesus like I did. And so I would preach to him about Jesus. And one day he started yelling, and everyone else left, but I stayed sitting there. And oddly enough, I'd found this old church pew and I'd put it in front of the, the little store that I had. <laughs> we were sitting on a church pew. And um, do you have a guest after me, Shannon? Or No, sir. You got whatever time you'd like. Take your time. 
perfect, perfect. And I, he became so angry. Everyone else left. There were there were at least a dozen people. They all left, and it was just me and him. And I saw in the spirit something like a tentacle arm come up from behind him. It was silvery, and I knew that if that thing, it just just one of those. Uh, words of knowledge from the Holy Spirit. If that thing touches me, he's going to throw a punch and it's going to connect like he's going to hit me. And I remembered this verse about love your enemy and I just opened my heart to just love him. And that thing tried to grab me and it couldn't because of the love. And all he could do was get angry. He stood up, he threw his coffee, he stormed away yelling loud, but he couldn't touch me, even though his demons wanted him to punch me. And that was the power of love. And so love is a real power. And you need to understand that it operates in this way. It can protect you from the physical attacks of the enemy. It can protect you from the emotional and spiritual attacks of the enemy. We don't understand why God says to do certain things, love your enemy, as you know, Pray for your enemy. Uh, this is the only thing that... Re- if you break everything down, at least by how it appears on the surface, the only way you can really identify a true God-fearing Christian is that he prays for his enemies. All the other religions, they do some of the other things. Uh, the miracles, the pharaohs, wizards, they were able to repeat the first few of the, the great plagues, right? But love is this power, and it operates around you. So... You want this love, and you don't want fear. And you should literally, even proactively, you know, measure yourself, test yourself, look at yourself. How is my life? Is Do I have fear in my career? Am I afraid to go for a promotion? I think God wants me to, to try to get. Am I afraid because of some nonsensical reason? Or do I have love, Right? Always walk in love. Make your decisions based on love, based on your relationship with God, based on your conversations with our Father in Heaven. That's how you ought to think, and that's how you ought to be, and your life will be transformed. I'm just, all I'm doing is adding a little bit of detail here to this idea that if you put God first, all other things will be added unto you. Part of that is this walking in love and watching the influence of love all around you. That's a detail that you will see. You will know them by their love for each other. Okay. Uh, Deuteronomy 6.5 And you shall love Jehovah your God with all your heart and with all your soul and with all of your might. Right? Mm-hmm. <clears throat> love is, is something that can be done with strength. And it can be strong and it can strengthen relationships. Right? Love God with all of your might. So love isn't just uh, a decision. You can apply yourself to your love. I'm, I'm going to let this love, I'm going to commit this loving relationship 100% to the hands and the nature of God, which are all these other words we've discussed earlier, benevolence, kindness, well-meaning. That's how you should approach your husband. That's how you should approach your wife. Love your wife like Christ loved the church. Now we're talking about I'd share a fighting hole with you anytime, right? This kind of deep love, 
I'm willing to give my life for you because that's how Jesus loves the bride because he did give his life. There's no question about the measure of his love for us. None whatsoever. There's no greater love than this that a man should lay down his life for his friends. And Jesus gave that. So we know his love is true. He's vetted. He's verified. No one can challenge his bona fides, right? Mm-hmm. Um, okay, I want to share this one vision here. I'd gone up into the mountains. I was praying. I was fasting. I was meditating. And on the morning of the third day, I had this vision. And what I saw is just two short scenes. In the first one, there are these men. They have armor on, big breastplates, helmets, shields. They've got swords. The shields have scratches on them, dents. They've been beaten, these shields. They've served their purpose. The breastplates have damaged some of them, dents. Helmets got scrapes on the side. And these guys are fighting. There's a hideous enemy surrounding them. Great numbers. They're backed up. Behind them is this huge boulder, an obvious symbolism for Jesus. But they're there, shoulder to shoulder, shields in front of them, standing as one, fighting without rest. Fighting, fighting, fighting. That's the first scene. Mm -hmm. In the next scene, here are these men again. Except now, under their armor, they have this white clothing. And I don't know if it was made from high-grade cotton or silk but it looked fine. And it had blue trim on it, blue accoutrements, blue additions. I don't remember if it was piping or string or attachments or pennants, but it had something blue on them. And you could see it through the joints in the armor, this white clothing with the blue additions. And they were all bustling together, pressing forward, trying to get close to, at the head of this kind of wedge formation army is this great horse and riding on the horse is Jesus wearing all white blue sash across his right shoulder tied over the left hip and he's riding in this battle and this is the beauty this is by far my most precious vision this is the beauty of the moment not just that everyone everyone wanted to be close to Jesus for the battle but that you know this great love this desire <clears throat> but that what emanated from Jesus was this, and it's so difficult to describe this the way it was experienced, but that this perfect knowledge that he was going forward to receive the victory. The enemy was going to be destroyed. Um, he was going to take it. It was his for the taking. That That's the only thought in his mind. That's how pure it was. And the purity of this was like a force that you could perceive, experience, understand, recognize in the spirit, however you want to describe it. But it was there and it permeated through me and I understood what it was. It was his singleness of knowledge that he was the victor and he was going to defeat all of the enemies before him. And it was so amazing. Just the per- it, it, It's wrong to say that there was zero thoughts that it could go any other way. Because you shouldn't even mention that it might go wrong. Mm-hmm. It's just that he knew the victory was his. It was so perfect. It was purity 
to the level of perfection and beauty. It was amazing. Just the feeling of being so close to Jesus and his thoughts on the matter. Like he was going to destroy utterly the enemy. And that's it. <laughs> that was a fact. So it was a really beautiful moment. Okay. And that's love. And why does Jesus do this? Because he loves us. And he doesn't enjoy that the enemy is challenging us. Um, there, uh, you know, the, God gave the devil an opportunity to challenge Job, to test him by destroying his crops or, or his flocks, by even killing his children, destroying his homes, and even taking away his health and his comfort, right? The enemy did that, all those things to him. But in the end, God blessed him doubly. God blessed him even more than he had been blessed before. So uh, we are going to go through a tribulation. Some kind of something is coming up. Maybe in our individual lives, different things will happen. But remember, we are a brotherhood and we ought to stand together. Don't let fear come in. Instead, walk in perfect love and turn to your brother and say, I have a need. This is a lesson God taught me a long time ago. Don't be too proud. You're not, you don't, don't think you're the one who always gives and never receives. It is okay to receive, and especially when you have a need to ask it. All right? So if you're going through a trial, turn to your friends and say, hey, I need some prayer support. And they will pray for you. <laughs> I promise you they will. Or if they don't, just understand that's not where God's walking in the moment. Turn somewhere else. Find new friends, maybe. A new community. Okay. You will know them by their love for one another. My friends, uh, this is uh, this is the message. Uh, God is so full of love. He is able to transform every aspect of your life. Your relationship with your parents, oh. your health, <clears throat> your issues. Yeah. Walk in this love. Do not let fear, do not let anger, these other things into your life, cast them out. O great and mighty King, there is none like you. You are able to destroy every work of the enemy. You gave us authority, Father, over all these things. And your word is true. I know for a fact that your word is true, because every time I put my trust in you and in your word, Father, you have come through. You have changed great things, Lord. You have changed outcomes. You have affected the world. My, My little life things in my community, things in the world, Almighty King, you have done on the basis of prayer. We've seen you do things, Lord, uh, within an hour of prayers. We've prayed, and the phone has rung in the same minute, and it's the answer to the prayer. You, O great and mighty God, are worthy. You are holy. You are righteous. O great King, I, I don't even know how to describe how perfect you are, how generous, what a truly great, magnificent... Father, you are, and you answer prayers. And so we ask you, O great and mighty God, to transform the lives of all those who have come here to hear your word, Mm -hmm. uh, either live or uh, on the platforms, Lord, in the recordings. We pray, Father, that you will transform every aspect of their life, that you will fill their hearts with love, that you will begin to teach them, Lord, in great depth what it means to know your love, to be close to you, to have unity with you, O great Father and to have love in all of their relationships, Lord, with their spouses, with their children, parents, neighbors, workplace, Father, that you will transform them and that you will affect their environment 
through the love that flows through them, that you will make us, Lord, wellsprings of living water, spew, uh, gushing forth your love, O great King, into this world, filling others and filling us as that love flows through us. For your love, Father, is the most precious thing. It is the thing we desire. It is your presence, Lord, we long for. We ask you, O great God, to forgive us all of our sins, anything that separates us from you. And we command every evil spirit that wants to hinder those things, get out. Get out of my life. Get out of the life of the other listeners, because we are standing together in unity. Just just to please our Father, with no other motivation, just because we know that he said that we ought to have unity. So we pray for every other listener, every other saint, every other brethren, every other person with a hope in salvation in Jesus Christ. We pray, Father, that you will set them free from every wicked work of the enemy against their finances, against their health, against their relationships, against their peace, against their sleep. We pray, O great to my God, that you will bless them according to your great wisdom, according to your lavish giving. And we pray, Father, that you will bless uh, Shannon Davis and his beautiful wife and his wonderful children uh, with great health, with love, joy, and laughter in increasing amounts every day. We pray, Father, you will make their house a house of prayer, a house of laughter, a house of joy, and of good sleep and good health. And we pray, Father, that you will bless them with every wonderful thing that comes from your throne and with good friends, Father. And we pray, O oh great to mighty God, that you will lavishly finance his ministry and all of his needs. In Jesus' mighty name, amen. 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 What a powerful word today. If you're just joining us, Robert and Svetlana Avila. Uh, Robert, I want you all to uh, tell people about your books, where people can get those, and how they can support your ministry. Uh, if someone wants to support us, they can. Uh, we have PayPal, which is my email, robertavila at email.com. It is email, not Gmail. Uh, so that's my PayPal. And um, if you want to send me a friend invite on Facebook, Robert A. Avila, uh, you can find me there. And um, Svetlana and I are writing a book together right now. It's called uh, Prayers for the Family and Household. Uh, that's been an interesting journey for us, uh, learning mm-hmm. a lot mm-hmm. in prayer. And um, uh, the books are on Amazon. If you just look for Robert A. Avila, author, or uh, my, my primary book is called 100 Ways God Speaks to You. You can yeah. find that one. Um, and also, I think the one everybody should probably get in paperback is called The End Times, uh, 40 Prophecies Every Christian Must read so uh that one is 30 years worth of dreams and visions uh carefully compiled into words of course um, most of that i've shared on omega man radio and all of it is shared for free somewhere on on youtube or my blog or somewhere else or my podcasts but um uh it's definitely all compiled in the book and at some point we've heard that the internet will go out and this and that so it's good to have a book so um, definitely get that one. Uh, you can only order the hardback right now from um, Amazon. But uh, the ebooks are also available on Kobo.com and on GooglePooks.com. And I've just started uploading them to Barnes & Noble, which is BN.com. So there's a few books there available as ebooks. 
Uh, they have a unique formatting, so I'm still working on getting all of the books up as paperbacks. Uh, and not even all the ebooks are up there yet, but eventually it will be on Barnes and Noble as well. And that's how you can get the books. Fantastic. Um, Robert, just to confirm, are you getting emails at the email.com address? Uh, I we don't um, I don't check it all the time, but I, I it's a really old email, and I get a lot of spam there. Okay, I so know, if I someone sent me an email, it's entirely possible that I missed it. I just wanted to ask. Just I just wanted to double check you're actually getting it because I went to email.com. It's uh, not even coming up as a TLD. I was wondering if it had uh, went out of oh oh business. Uh, um, it's mail.com. They the the website mail.com bought out email.com more than a decade ago. Oh, at a bunch. Of, yeah. Okay. Because I went to email.com yeah. and it goes nowhere. So I just wanted to double check it was mm. still active. Uh, do you have an alternate mm. that you use? Do you use ProtonMail at all or any other service? Or just that one? Yeah, yeah, yeah. I have a KJKP at ProtonMail. Okay. You might, if you haven't done so already, you want to add that second email to your uh, PayPal account. And then either one you give out, uh, you'll get it. But uh, that explains why I couldn't find email.com because I said email.com, that sounds strange. And uh, if another company has bought it out, but okay, mm-hmm. that's fair enough. As long as you're getting messages. Now, my mom uses some old account with um, gmx.com, never heard of them. And some are still using AOL mm-hmm. and getting emails. So um, that's all cool. It works. Um, give it out one more time so I write it, write it correctly. Your email. Yeah, it's Robert Avila at email email dot com. Okay, that yeah. sounds good, mm-hmm. folks. Uh, you can support his ministry there. That's a PayPal address, and um, your books are on Amazon. You're doing a great job writing, man. I tell you what, you have you have embraced that. You're doing fantastic. Keep it up, brother. And um, have you have you um, set up an account with TikTok out of curiosity? Do you use that at all? I I have a TikTok account, and um, I paid someone to make a video advertising my book. Yeah, and I and I I found her on one of those guru platforms. Right. And then when she made it, she's like this pink-haired lesbian woman. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> well, but she made a really nice video. Okay, but I mean, cool. when you watch it, you're like, "Who's this promoting Christian book?" Yeah, there she was well, saying. Yeah, so th- that's my only video that I have on my TikTok channel. Look, there's a whole tribe of pink-haired people out there. Uh, yeah. The zebra tribe. And so um, that may get the book into that group. They certainly need it. Um, yeah, you never know. Lord have mercy. No, I, I was seeing a marketer use TikTok today. I'm going to revive my account. Uh, someone said it's all about the shorts. They told me that, and I really believe it. Uh, Facebook Reels, YouTube Shorts, Instagram, and Facebook, of course. Uh, you can use the same one over there, but now TikTok apparently is where it's at. One guy tonight said, forget about Shopify and Amazon. Now, he, was talk- he wasn't talking about books. He was talking about just other kind of products. He said it's all about TikTok now because you can go over there and you can advertise and you can put a buy button up there. Mm-hmm. I'm, I'm going to investigate it. Yeah, no, actually, all um, I've, I've read testimonies from several authors who've said that, you know, wow, I heard about TikTok and I finally tried it and my sales exploded. Yeah. So well, apparently TikTok doesn't go out of its way to oppress anybody in particular and they make a lot of easy opportunities to make money. 
By the way, um, while I have you online, did you ever look into that company called Kotobi that you can take the um, uh, digital downloads? You know, you're creating your books for Kindle, right? And uh, you can actually uh, add hyperlinks in there and make them interactive. There's all kinds of features you can uh, piggyback onto a um, an ebook now. Well, my, I mean, I have, you know, a, a, a linkable index on there. Like you click on it, it takes you right to chapter five or whatever you want. But uh, I'm not I'm, sure. What do you mean interactive? Like a oh, choose your own adventure book? Oh, you can put animations in there. There's like uh, a couple dozen new features that you can incorporate into these uh, digital downloads, uh, specifically for ebooks. I'm going to send you the link again. Okay. Um, and they've got a free trial service. You can test it out, and then you can you can just buy a lifetime subscription to it and uh, use it to do all kinds of things that you can't do with the Kindle. Uh, I thought about you when I saw that. And so I'm going to send you a link to that again. It's called Kotobi. Just check it out. There may be something there that okay. you can glean. Because this is what All you're right. doing. And uh, sounds like this would be right up your alley. Um, plus, they have other options. Uh, you can actually sell your books uh, from your website. And um, they've got a lot of other cool stuff that's not available on the, the Kindle Create. So I thought that was kind of neat. Kotobi. I'm going I'm to put a link before I go to bed. Thank you both for coming on tonight. God richly bless you. And uh, do we have your next date yet? Let me pull my schedule back up. No, no. This was the last one in the last okay. pair of... Let's see here. Yep, <laughs> the 14th. Um, what are you doing on the 28th? Hey, you know what? Uh, is the 29th open? Um, no, I only do Wednesdays. However... Oh, okay. Um, if that's not good, you pick another date, because um, I haven't started working no, on I, March no, yet, No, I just was looking at the novelty open. of, you know, announcing that there's going to be a show oh. on February 29th. Yeah, well, you know what? I'm trying to put them all on the same date for the purpose of... Um, I don't have to do too many of these late-nighters. No, that's that's fine. That's fine. It would just be fun. That's all. Oh, okay. However, I am doing a a special program tomorrow with Harry Cooper, but he just wasn't available any other time, but... Typically, what I'm doing is I'm doing nights now, Monday through Friday, 7 to 11 p.m. Eastern, and then uh, doing all the international shows on uh, Wednesday. By the way, folks, Michael Cummins was out ill tonight. Uh, Before we close, could you pray for Michael? He's laid up sick with some kind of head cold. He's from England, Michael Cummins. He comes on before you, but he wasn't able to make it today. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I just thought about that. Yeah, he has a conference coming up in a few months. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Could you lift him up for prayer today? I appreciate that. Oh, great and mighty King, there is none like you. You, Father, are the great physician, for there is none greater than you. You, Lord, raise up nations and bring them down. You, Father, planted the Ethiopians where you put them. You put Abraham and his seed in the land of Israel. You, O great God, all things are under your power. You do as you will, O great God. And we know, Father, that it is a light thing for you to heal Michael Cummins. We thank you, O great and mighty King. We ask you to extend your hand of peace and healing over him and his entire household and in the mighty invincible name of jesus christ of nazareth for the glory of my father on his throne i command every spirit of sickness every spirit coming against michael cummins or his associates friends or family for the purpose of 
with of distracting Michael Cummins from the work of God that is before him. We command you all, depart from his household, depart from his lands, depart from his presence wherever he travels. Get away from him. Go and never return. Do not even look at him sideways. Do not think of him. Do not plot against him. And if you do, may the angels of God teach you why you should never do that again without mercy. We pray, O great and mighty God, that you will bind up and destroy every work of the enemy against Michael Cummins. I bind the spirit of sickness. I command all sickness to be gone. All sickness affecting his head, any spirits of headache or head pressure, blood pressure, uh, blood issues, uh, bodily fluid issues, anything afflicting his body in any manner, in the name of Jesus, get out. We close the door to sickness. We close the door to ailments, and we open the doors for health. We open the doors for strength. We open the doors for mental clarity. We open the doors for purpose of mind and energy, and we command every spirit of distraction or impediment, get out of his life. Go and don't even look back. Don't think about it. Any replacements, uh, support that the enemy wants to send? No, we don't accept that either. There are no loopholes in these commands. All enemy, get out and stay out. And we pray, O great and mighty God, that you will bless his upcoming works, and uh, in particular this conference. We pray, Father, that the right people will appear and that none of the wrong people will make it there, that only by your selection and screening, Lord, will they arrive, that everyone will arrive without hindrance, without encumbrance, without distraction, that all the planes and cars and tires and fuel tanks will be perfect, Lord, that all the cars will get there, Lord, that the enemy will not be able to hinder or delay by one second, even one attendee to the conference. We pray, Father, that it will go off as one of the best conferences of his career and just kick off all future conferences in his ministry that you may have chosen to do. We pray, Father, you will bless him mightily. And we pray, O great and mighty God, that you will even magnify this prayer uh, beyond its extent, Father, to teach the enemy a lesson that they shall not touch your anointed, that they cannot stop the works of God. And we praise your name, Father, for the great things that you will do. Amen. 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 Thank you for praying for Brother Michael. God bless you. Uh, both God bless you. We'll see you in a fortnight. Thank you very much. <laughs> okay, Shannon. God bless. Yeah, good. All right, love you, brother. Love you too. Bye bye. Hey, that was Michael and Zvitlana Avila, and thank you to them for that prayer. Prayer works. Okay, folks, that's it uh, for right now. But we'll see you back tonight, 7 p.m. Eastern. Thank you for tuning in. My website, Omega Man Radio. God bless you.